This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is not your century. This is not your century, where we celebrate the news and the news media of centuries gone by. I'm King Kaufman. August 15th, 1969. It's a disaster. There's an acute shortage of food, water, and medical supplies. An emergency hospital has been set up in a huge white tent. Helicopters are airlifting the worst cases to hospitals outside the area. Others aren't able to reach the scene because the roads are blocked. The situation is critical, one official says. A doctor says he can't possibly render adequate medical care if more people keep coming to him for treatment. We have reached as close to the critical point as possible, he says. Where is this? White Lake, New York. It's day one of Woodstock. That's what coverage of the three days of peace and music looked like across the country at first, including in the Chronicle. The Aquarian Exposition began on Friday the 15th. There was nothing in the Chronicle on Saturday the 16th. On the 17th, the Sunday Examiner ran a page one Associated Press story headlined 300,000 Swamp Rock Festival. It detailed the food, water, and medical shortages, the massive traffic jams in the surrounding area, the young man who was killed when a tractor ran over him as he slept by the side of a road. Though it acknowledged that this massive crowd had arrived to see a rock music festival and that they were long-haired, blue-jean-wearing youngsters, there wasn't a word about the music. No mention of the career-making performance of Richie Havens that opened the festival on Friday afternoon. Havens was a moderately successful singer in the New York folk scene, He was asked to go on because the band Sweetwater, who were supposed to play first, were hopelessly stuck in traffic. Havens played a set, and he was asked to keep playing. The other bands were still on their way. He played everything he knew how to play. Keep going, the promoters said. He was at a loss, but something made him think of an old spiritual called Motherless Child. He started riffing on it, improvising by repeating the word freedom as a chorus. Maybe what made him think of this song is that Sweetwater, the band he was filling time for, had a hit record with a version of it. Havens' on-the-spot rendition of the song is one of the best-remembered moments from the signature musical event for a generation. Sweetwater showed up and played about three hours after they were supposed to go on. The AP story, like others that weekend, did acknowledge that despite all the logistical problems, Woodstock was remarkably peaceful. Neighbors in the area mostly put up with the invasion of young people. They offered food, water, cigarettes, sometimes at a price. There were a lot of arrests, mostly on drug charges, but no violence. Not bad for a city with 300,000 hungry people who were covered in mud and had no access to toilets or running water. Oh yeah, mud. It rained that weekend. Coverage of the festival got a bit less alarmist over the next few days, partly because media outlets were getting phone calls from the parents of the people who were at the festival. 
Many had gotten calls from their kids who told them that they were having a fine old time, that, yeah, it was a little uncomfortable, and maybe they were looking at a 20-mile walk back to the car they'd abandoned on the side of the road on the way in, but the music was great and everybody was groovy and they'd listened to the announcement from the stage to stay away from the bad acid. The parents said the negative coverage didn't line up with what they were hearing from their kids, and the coverage did adjust. On Sunday afternoon, the third day of the festival, the show was delayed for several hours by a thunderstorm. The performances stretched late into the night and on into Monday morning. Jimi Hendrix was the last act, and he didn't leave the stage till after 11 a.m. His electric guitar version of the national anthem is another one of those enduring moments. The promoters of Woodstock, some music industry types from New York City, took an absolute bath on it. It was supposed to be a paid festival, with tickets costing well over $100 in today's money. But it took them a long time to secure a site. They ended up famously in the alfalfa field of a farmer named Max Yasger, and they didn't have time to finish the fencing around the area. So when the hordes started crashing in in the middle of the week, the promoters threw up their hands and declared it a free festival. They made their money back, and then some, by owning the movie and soundtrack rights. The documentary Woodstock came out in 1970 and won an Academy Award. Two soundtrack albums were smash hits. This has been Not Your Century, a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Audrey Cooper, Editor-in-Chief. Get great journalism today at sfchronicle.com. I'm King Kaufman. Talk to me on Twitter at King underscore Kaufman. We now return you to your century. The brown acid that is circulating around us is not specifically too good.